Hey everyone, welcome to this week's show. It's Michelle talking here and I'm glad you're all joining me. Thank you all so much for listening into the podcast. It really means a lot to me to think that you are allowing me into your homes, into your ears <laughs> and into wherever else you are listening to me, whether that's walking down the road, whether that's while you play with your children, whether that's while you cook or you bake or whatever it is you're doing. Thanks for letting me in. It really means a lot to me. I think that when you allow somebody to take up your energy and your space, you're giving them a great gift. So thanks for that. I'm happy to be here. If you want to help support the podcast, the best way you can do that is leave a review. You can leave that on most podcast apps that you're listening to. That would be super, super, super helpful, especially for those of you who listen on Apple Podcasts because that means that the rest of the world gets to hear me too. But really the best way that you can help me is by continuing to listen and share with your friends. And if they, the, one of the reasons, by the way, that this podcast is called Just Michelle Talking is because in my mind, when you were recommending it to a friend, you'd be like, oh, I listened to this really great podcast the other day. You should enjoy it. And they'd go, what's it called? And you go, oh, Just Michelle Talking. And they'd be like, yeah, but what's it about? And you'd be like, no, well, that is what it's about. Just Michelle Talking. Like literally that's all that happens. <laughs> and then you'd say something like, look, I know that sounds a bit crazy, but just trust me, you have to hear it. So there you go. I've provided you with a script for how to be <laughs> helpful and share the podcast with your friends. Thank you for listening. In particular, I wanted to shout out to my real life friends and family across the globe who've been listening and who've been sending me some incredible text messages and uh, direct messages and phone calls of gratitude and love. Thank you so much. This podcast requires a level of vulnerability I didn't expect. It requires a level of honesty I didn't expect. And it requires me understanding that people who see me in real life every day listen to what I have to say. I had an incredibly joyous moment a few weeks ago, right after I launched the podcast, where I was walking down the road. And the friend that I mentioned in the Walking on Sunshine episode happened to be walking down the road coming my direction and I, I saw her and I greeted her and she said, oh my God, it's so weird. I was just listening to you in my ears and now you're here. Uh, and she said some beautiful complimentary things and that was really nice. I'm happy to hear all feedback. Good, bad, indifferent. Talk to me. I'm happy to hear you. And you can do that by leaving a review. You can do that by calling me if you know my number. Uh, just get in touch. I'm always happy to hear from you. So without further ado today, I'm telling you a story about a box. Uh, I was reminded of this story because the Facebook memories came up. I'm not sure about other people in my age, but I kind of stopped using Facebook very much. I used to update my, um, is it called your status? Yeah. I used to update my status all the time, like every day or sometimes several times a day. And now it's maybe every six months, usually not. I just stopped using it as much. But because I used to use it a lot, the memories thing comes up and gives me a lot of interesting podcast fodder. I will say. And the recent one that came up was all about this box. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you the box story. It's interesting, actually, that this story came up in Facebook memories because I'd forgotten that I actually posted about it. But it, it looks like I posted about it a lot at the time. And I wanted to share it with you today. So a couple of years ago, I decided that I needed to take my fitness in hand. And as you all know, I'm allergic to exercise. It makes me break out in hives. You know, gives me a headache. I don't know, something. It's not, not good for me. Actual exercise, not fun. But I got convinced by a friend of mine to go with her to a personal trainer a couple of days a week. And this is not unusual for me. Every couple of years, I'm like, yeah, I should totally do this. I get super excited about something and then I do it for a while and then I don't because I remember that I'm allergic to exercise. 
So yeah, it's one of those things. So I went to this personal trainer and one of the things about me that I dislike enormously physically is that I'm not a terribly strong person. I don't have a strong core strength at all. I've had a really dodgy back for a long time, which in part is just from being extremely overweight my whole life, in part is from carrying triplets nearly to term, and in part is from being a chef and working on my feet for more hours a day than I care to count, really. So I have a crappy back. And I don't have a fantastic sense of balance. My one and only fear in life is actually falling down. That's a major, major fear of mine and has been a fear for a long time. I don't fear death. I don't fear other people dying. None of those things. I fear falling down. It stresses me out enormously, which is going to be important later on in the story. And I dislike that about myself enormously. I dislike the fact that I can go super slow for 100 years, but when it comes to just brute strength and force, I haven't got that at all. And I don't like the fact that having a dodgy back can incapacitate me for hours, days, whatever. And so that's something that over time I've been trying to work on. I've at various times done yoga, Pilates, physiotherapy, whatever. And the problem is I don't stick to it. And I am at fault here. So before this turns into something I complain about that I don't want to hear about again, hello, ultramarts, I want to tell you about this experience, which is that I decided to go to this personal trainer. And in personal training, she had like a circuit thing where, you know, a whistle blows and then you do 60 seconds at this station and then 60 seconds at that station and whatever. And one of those stations was a box jump, which is exactly as it sounds. You literally, there's a giant wooden box, and you literally go from the floor on two feet to in one jump, standing on top of this box with two feet. And I used to watch people do this, and I used to be in awe of people who can box jump. Go Google it if you want to know what it looks like. It's terrifying. So me being me, goal setter, overachiever, slightly extra human, decided that my goal was going to be to box jump. So the problem with this is that I'm terrified of falling down and I don't have a lot of core strength. Hmm. But this was the goal. So I started out with the personal trainer telling me, okay, can you just jump like in the air with two feet? And I can, but I get <laughs> like three millimeters off the ground, not very far. So she started this process. Like it, I can't do jumping jacks because I'm, I'm afraid to get both feet off the ground at the same time. So yeah, in Australia, those are called star jumps, by the way, which by the way, I think is a better name for them because you look like a star, but I digress. So I can't do star jumps because I'm afraid of taking both feet off the ground at the same time. And I have a lot of fear around this, this kind of stuff. So she started out by getting me to simply jump with two feet forward, forward and back, forward and back, not very far, just forward and back, forward and back, forward and back, forward and back. And I was pretty comfortable with that. And then from there, she took one of those steppers, like, you know, the, when you do step aerobics, just the platform, not any risers. And she's like, okay, I want you to jump on top of this platform to tell you that my feet were actually super glued to the ground is a hundred percent truth. I could not jump on that platform. And we're talking, the whole thing is maybe like, I want to say three or four inches off the ground. It took me a really, really long time. It's I, like, literally I would like lean down, like as though you're kind of getting ready to jump and I'd go to leap and I would not move. <laughs> literally would not move. My legs would straighten out, but they would not leave the ground. 
it took me an extraordinary, and I mean extraordinary amount of time to just be able to jump evenly with two feet from the ground to on top of the stepper platform. I wish I could remember exactly how much time, but it took a while. It took a while to just get my feet off the ground. It it literally felt like I was anchored to the ground with concrete shoes. I could not move my, those feet forward. All psychological, by the way. And I knew it too, but that didn't really help. So I got to the stage where I was able to fairly consistently jump onto that stepper platform. And as is obvious probably in the story, she then added one riser to either side and then two risers to either side and then three risers to either side. And I think when I got to three or four, she said to me, okay, let, let's try the box. And I was like, oh no, that's not a thing. We don't know, no. And it took me many weeks to get to the point where I could do those, the, the tall stepper. And the amount of stress and anxiety and, and fear I felt didn't get much better, by the way. And there'd be times where I could feel that my confidence in myself had waned quite a bit because I would try to do it. And I'd, I'd instead of landing with a single thunk, it would be like a thunk, like my second foot would land after my first one. Eventually, I built up my confidence enough to get to the point where I could at least attempt the box. So for a very long time, I would attempt to jump the box. and. A couple of things would happen. In the beginning, I needed to use my arms to like kind of brace myself, if that makes sense. Like I would, I would jump up and then I would have to like lean forward and grab onto the wall or grab onto her or grab onto something and use my arms to kind of pull me that last little bit up the box. So first it was both arms to pull me up onto that box. And it wasn't so much jumping on the box as it was kind of clambering onto the box or climbing onto the box. And then I went from two arms to one arm and then from one arm, and by the way, she put me on the low box because often those boxes are rectangle, so you can lay them one way and they're shorter and then one other way and they're taller. My goal was just to get to the box. I didn't care how high it was. And I should say the box probably went up to about my knees and I'm six foot tall, so that's probably, I don't know, a couple of feet or something. So I had to work really hard to get on top of this box. I mean, hard. And it was never as effortless or as easy for me as it was for some people. I did get to the point where I could consistently do it, consistently get on top of the box and not need to use my arms for bracing or use my arms for, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? For uh, momentum. Because for a long time, I almost had to do kind of like a running leap to get on top of it. But I eventually got to the point where I was able to jump on that box pretty consistently with, with no problems. I wouldn't say that I would love it. I wouldn't say that it was easy, but I could do it. And it was an enormous achievement of many weeks work, many weeks emotional work, as well as physical work. And shortly after I mastered this skill, I went to an evening circuit class where one of the stations was box jumping with no wall and nothing for bracing near it. A box in the middle of the room. And I thought, I totally got this, man. I am awesome. I can do this. This isn't hard. I can do box jumps, you know? And bear in mind, there's the added pressure in those 60-second situations of doing as many as you can in the 60 seconds and all that kind of jazz, right? So I was like, cool, I can do this. I've been doing this for, uh, you know, I don't know, a couple of weeks now. I'm, I'm good, I'm good. And so I started the circuit class and, you know, 
By the way, I can't jump rope for the same reason. I'm afraid to take both my feet off the ground at the same time. I should have tried it then. Anyway, anything that involves taking both your feet off the ground at the same time is not my forte. Possibly I'm allergic to that too. Anyhow, so I went around the circuit, you know, push-ups, whatever, plank, whatever we were doing. And I got to the box jump part. And I did it and it was, it was fine. Like a box jump, you know, no big deal. And then went around the circuit again. The second time I went around the circuit, I did a couple. I got up there and I was incredibly proud of myself. And I box jumped at some point in the circuit. And I still am not 100% certain what happened. But I think my full foot didn't actually make it on. So I made it to the top of the box, but I didn't have a stable one of my feet wasn't stable. I think it wasn't fully on the box. And so I fell backwards off the box and I landed onto a concrete floor that was covered with those rubberized tiles, but they were pretty, pretty thin rubberized tiles. And I landed on the floor full force onto my tailbone and it hurt to a degree. I cannot even begin to describe. I've been through a lot of painful things in my life. That's got to be up there. And obviously, as I fell, I was I was winded and it felt like I got the wind knocked out of me and I was in pain and I was in shock and I was in whatever. And of course, the personal trainer came running, as did most of the other people in the room. And I was dazed and whatever. And she was like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Because the, the pain was horrible. And... I got really upset. Firstly, she didn't do the right thing, by the way, but that's the whole other story. I got really upset and I got really freaked out and I realized I needed to get out of there. And I managed to stand up with their help. I, I, don't, I don't remember most of this bit, but I managed to stand up with their assistance or the assistance of her and other people. And she gave me, a, she ran and got an ice pack because uh, my, my tailbone was hurting so much and gave me an ice pack. And she was like, do you want to sit down? And I was like, oh my God, the last thing I want to do is sit down. And she's like, you need to breathe. Do you want some water? You know, asking me all these questions I don't want to answer. And I don't, I don't quite remember what I said to her, but I know that I left. I, I just, I said, no, no, I, I need to go home. I need to go home. I need to go home. And she let me walk out the door. Foolish, but she let me walk out the door. And I remember I was crying and it was painful. And I will, this is the part I won't ever forget. I somehow managed to get myself into my car and I drive a very tiny car, even smaller than actually. I get into my car and I am hysterically crying. Now we all know as evidenced in the last episode that I'm a crier anyway, but this was crying of the kind where you can't breathe, you can't see, you're just almost hyperventilating, true hysteria crying. And I started uh, I won't say shouting, but kind of cry shouting. It hurts so much. It hurts so much. It just hurts so much. And I drove myself home in excruciating pain. I have no idea how I did this. In retrospect, really foolish, really foolish. But I drove myself home absolutely crying so hard. I could barely see the road. I could hardly breathe and I was just wailing. Wailing's probably more accurate description. Wailing. It hurts so much. It hurts so much. It hurts so much. It hurts so much. And I absolutely had the awareness in that moment to realize that what I was talking about was not my tailbone. 
I will never forget realizing that the yelling, it hurts so much, it hurts so much, had nothing to do with the fact that it actually physically hurts so much. It had everything to do with all the other things that hurt so much. So it had to do, just to bring that story to a close, by the way, I got home quite hysterical. I can't even imagine what I would have looked like. We called the at-home doctor. I went the next day to get x-rays. Long story short, I um, cracked my tailbone in a couple of different places. Nothing dramatic, like hairline fractures or whatever. And by the way, there's no treatment for this other than you sit on a donut and you take a lot of anti-inflammatories and painkillers and you cry and wait for it to end six months later, which is what happened. I'm very lucky that I didn't actually cause any further damage. And I never went back, by the way, I never went back to her, not because of the box incident, but because I felt like she didn't handle that well. She didn't first aid that situation well, and I didn't want to go back to, yeah, I just couldn't do it. So I didn't go back. <clears throat> and I never climbed on a box again, jumped on a box again. I might do it again. Someday I might not. I don't know. We'll see. Anyhow, over time, I started to think about the fact that I was sitting in that car and I was wailing and wailing. It hurt so much. It hurt so much. And I tried to get to the bottom of that. And I realized a couple of things. What hurt so much was my butt for sure. But what also hurt so much was the failure. I had worked so hard for so long to be able to do this thing. I had to overcome so many fears and so many emotions to get to the top of the box. And falling off the box felt like the biggest failure in the world. I failed to do it. Now that's not true, as we know, because I managed it many, many, many times. But that fall felt like the biggest failure in the world. It was humiliating. It was embarrassing. It felt like the universe was saying to me, Michelle, you thought you could do it. You thought you could do hard things, but haha, you can't. So the pain of the failure was unbearable. What also hurt so much in that moment was the exhaustion of having to work so hard to achieve that goal. And I found myself thinking, why did I want to jump on that box so much? Like, why was I working so hard? Like, what was being able to jump on a box going to do for me? Was it going to prove that I was the strong woman I thought I was? Was it going to fix my back problems? Was it going to... I don't know why I believed that there was some sort of magic and being able to jump on that stupid box. And I had expended so much energy to be able to do it. And to be honest, I was exhausted. I was exhausted from all the trying. And I just kind of went, wait, what was I doing that for? Was it to be able to jump on a box? Was it to be able to say I'd done it? Was it to be able to be like, ha back pain, you know, screw you, I beat you. I don't, I, you know what? The realization that I was exhausted and frustrated about a box and I really couldn't figure out what I was doing it for. Like in all my effort to get to the top of the box, I couldn't figure out why I was get, trying to get to the top of the damn box. And what hurt so much was that realization. Like, I'm doing this and why am I doing this? For what am I doing this? 
And I also realized in that moment that those tears, that wailing, it hurts so much, it hurts so much, was not just about the box. At the same time as I was struggling to jump on that box, I was failing in my efforts to keep my relationship going, my marriage going. Literally, they were happening at the same time. And the yelling and the shouting and the just pleading, it hurts so much, it hurts so much, it hurts so much, was also about the fact that I had failed at something and I realized that I'd failed at something that I had been working so hard and so long for. And even though it had multiple successes along the way and we made lots of progress and it was all good and I felt like I was getting somewhere, the truth was falling off that box made me realize I'd also failed in other places in my life. And I don't like failure. I'm not good at failure. I suck at it. So my relationship was failing and I knew it and that hurt so much. I was in an enormous amount of emotional and physical pain and that also hurt so much. And the breakdown of that relationship also represented an enormous amount of exhaustion after so much time of trying to make it work and trying to make it work and coming up with different ways to do it and taking baby steps and taking leaps of faith in multiple ways and getting both feet off the ground. That was also true for that relationship. And I was exhausted and I couldn't work out what I was doing it for. For what? To still be unhappy? What? Why on earth would you do that? And so that wailing and that crying and that hysteria in the car, it hurt so much. It hurt so much. It was definitely all about that box experience. But it was also about the relationship that I was losing at the time. It took some time after that, by the way, for things to eventually go, but or end, I should say. But it was the realization in my heart of hearts that it really was heading in that direction. It was that moment of acceptance that this is really happening. And it sounds like a metaphor. It wasn't a metaphor. I really realized that at the time. Like my attempts to get on this box are no different to my attempts to actually make this thing work. And if I can do this, I can do anything. If I can overcome my fear of literally jumping off the ground with two feet, that means I am unstoppable. I'm strong. I'm powerful. I'm capable. I can do this. And I was trying to do that with a box at the same time as I was trying to do that in other places of my life. And it didn't work on the box and it didn't work in the other places of my life. And I will never forget that that sentence, it hurts so much, for many, many, many months later became a mantra, not a good one, but became a mantra for so many things. I remember standing in the shower and bawling my eyes out. And just whispering to myself, it hurts so much. It hurts so much. And I say that that's a bad mantra, but in reality, it maybe wasn't so bad because I was able to come to acceptance through that. It hurts so much. It hurts so much. Yeah, Michelle, it hurts so much. Both falling off the damn box and falling off the box of your life hurts a lot. But here's what both of those experiences taught me. I also learned that your bum, just like your heart, heals over time. 
And while the solution to solving a tailbone is a donut pillow and eating donuts, <laughs> by the way, I don't like donuts, but anyway, sitting on a donut and eating a proverbial donut uh, and eating a lot of painkillers and stuff is the way to get through that situation. You know, the way to get through the loss of something is also time and also donuts and also sitting somewhere comfortable and also just taking care of yourself, really. The box, by the way, is something that I've wanted to go back to many times. And I mentioned to a friend, you know, someday I'm going to get back on that box. I'm going to get to that box again. It's going to happen. And she looked at me and she's like, darling, when people get to a certain age, they really don't need to be jumping on boxes. <laughs> Which is, by the way, not a life philosophy that I subscribe to because I don't think age means anything. And I didn't agree with her. But the part I did think about is like, hang on, the first time I couldn't really work out why I was trying to jump on that damn box. Why would I do it again? What the heck? This is stupid. Why am I getting back on the box? This is lame. And so I've thought about going back to the box like so many times, right? And finally beating this fear of getting both feet off, both feet off the ground at the same time. And I just, I can't, yeah. If you've got a good reason why I should get back on that box, <laughs> please feel free to share it with me. But I, I can't work out why I need to get back on that box. And maybe I never will. Maybe I, I, I don't know. In any case, I think the lesson that I learned there was, uh, it was worth the effort. It was worth the time. It was worth proving to myself that I could do it. But I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what the worth of the goal was. And I think that was probably an important thing to have figured out at the beginning. So if you are going to go to the gym and find yourself wanting to conquer a box, just before you start, I would recommend that you ask yourself, <laughs> wait, why am I doing this again? <laughs> I hope you have a damn good reason for jumping on the box, for saving the relationship, for taking the job, for whatever it is, have a reason behind what you do, why you do what you do. And if you're going to, if you're going to take time and effort and energy to invest in achieving something, make sure that you know the reason why you're, you're wanting to achieve it. What does it mean to you in the end? What is standing on that box going to actually do for you? Because this story could have ended very differently, right? I could have been a champion box jumper and been amazing at it. And then what was going to happen? Do I just box jump forever? Yeah, I didn't have the answer to that question either. And then what? Or and now what? I jumped the box. Now what do I do? So, yeah, just think about that. Next time you have something you're trying to achieve, next time you're trying to end something that isn't good for you or start something that is good for you, just think about the end goal. Like, wh why am I doing this and what is this all for? And also, if you decide to become a box jumper, please do it in a gym with a very soft carpeted floor, <laughs> not one with a concrete floor and thin rubber tiles. Because I can assure you, it hurts a lot when you fall down, as you inevitably will do. And on that note, my friends, thank you so much for listening to me today. May we all be happy. May we be healthy. May we be safe. And may we be at peace.